Hello and welcome to Ghost Divers. This is an anime podcast or currently manga podcast um, on the Export Audio Network. And I'm going to open this door because Lem wants to join the podcast. Um, hi, Lem. And I'm not joined by the normal co-host, Connor. I'm joined by M from An- Abnormal Mapping. Hi, I- I'm on the podcast. We're here to talk about manga. The net is vast and infinite. Yeah. Um, what's also funny is that like people would have just heard the the episode that went out um, on the end of Second Gig, where I'm extremely not a brains. Um, we recorded that like back when the um, Ghost in the Shell, the first movie <laughs> episode came out. I've just continued to be not a brained. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, when aren't you not a brain? Yeah, this is just who I am now. Um, it's we, everyone's got one. Mine's Dragon Ball. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's fine. We all have something. I think. Uh, I forget if this made it on the, the recording or not, or if it was when we were bullshitting around and messing up, hitting record. Uh, but Autumn was like, I kind of thought that you were going to get to the end of the manga and then would like chill a little bit and it just hasn't happened. <laughs> um, but I think some of it is I'm also slowly watching the anime. Uh, and mm, that's just like... I have not watched the anime. Yeah, I don't know shit about the anime. It's just like keeping it constant in my brain. Um yeah. But I suppose you should tell people we're, we're, we're here to talk about Nana. Yeah, we're here to talk about Nana, the the manga. Um, we will talk about the anime eventually. I mean, you probably won't join for that, but um, Connor no. and I at least are going to talk about the anime um, like a while from now. Um, mm-hmm. But I did read through all of the manga and just wanted to talk about it. And you also you have just a job where you can churn through manga. So. You also sometimes, yeah. I've been I've been kind of busy lately, so I haven't really been reading manga at all. But um, when it's quiet, yeah, I get through all sorts of shit. Yeah, um, I read Berserk, and then I read Nana as like my <laughs> after, like my dessert after after Berserk, and then I was like waiting for Autumn to finish Berserk, and we're just doing this now, and it's already it's still been like a month and a half since that happened, and I'm still waiting for Autumn to finish. Berserk. Yeah, I mean, we would have recorded much earlier, but um, I got like repeatedly sick. Oh yeah. And I was sick for the one time that we were going to go. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, been, it's been rough. <laughs> um, but we're here. We're going to talk about it. Um, and I'm going to start out by asking you, um, uh, summarize the story of Nana the Manga in five sentences. <laughs> okay. Um, two women, Nana Osaki and Nana Komatsu, both moved to Tokyo when they turned 20. Uh, M dash is not the end of the sentence. <laughs> um, Nana Osaki is a musician who wants to be in a band to show up the boyfriend who left to be in a bigger band. Nana Komatsu is chasing a boy because all she knows how to do is chase boys and lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> sentence one. Yeah. You've gotten us through sentence the first two, two volumes. <laughs> sentence two. The two women end up sharing an apartment together and forming an unlikely but very fast friendship as they just become t- early 20-something disasters in each other's orbit. Uh, three. Uh, Nana Saki's band really takes off as Nana Komatsu. I'm just going to call Hachi. It's just Nana yeah. Hachi now. Um, as Hachi ends up... Uh, going through a bunch of guys but dating the guy who's in the band that her that nana's ex is in it's messy yeah well they're like nana and her ex are dating again but yeah yeah it's still messy Um, they they like fashion themselves off of sid and nancy which is not necessarily a great 
relationship to fashion yourself. Two more sentences. We can we can we can talk about okay. Uh, A bunch of relationship drama happens among the rising stardom of the two bands, but mostly it's about Hachi ending up in this really shitty abusive relationship with her husband and uh, Nana being extremely unwilling to admit that she misses Hachi in her life. Yeah. All this really falls apart when Nana's boyfriend Ren dies and uh, before anything can get resolved, the manga went on hiatus and it's never coming back. Period. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of like other plot that happens in the middle there, but that's basically it. Yeah. Um, like I said, a lot of drama. Yeah. <laughs> there, There is a part where um, I, I was sort of curious because so I read uh, numerous chapters of this when I figured out it was actually probably when I was in undergrad um, over the summers, mm-hmm. but I would go to the borders and I would sit in a chair and read the like individual issues of Shoujo Beat, um, mm-hmm. which means that I had like a lot of memories of the the manga, but like not in a cohesive, like I sat down and read this th- through way. Um, yeah. So I have more of like a, a disjointed or i had a very disjointed understanding and now i have like oh this is the whole thing um also i'm it's interesting because i feel like you went into it thinking hey you should not be chewing that um just like chewing on the cord to my mic that would be bad um wait anyway um i went into it being like oh i just remember it being about like because I think especially some of the parts I was reading, like Takumi was already in the picture, Ren was in the picture. There's like entire parts where Nana and Hachi are just like not together at all. Um, And so I started reading it being like, oh, this is so much gayer than I remember it being. But I feel like you came to it being like, oh, this is that like girl's love or something. (laughs) Did I lose you? Um, No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just, so I, I saw your tweet about the thing. That's all. Yeah. Um, um. <laughs> I feel like I may have misled people just the way that I was tweeting about it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, my thing is I've known of this as like, cause I didn't really grow up reading. I was not an anime person. Anyone yeah. who listened to early seasons of GGP knows that I had brief flirtations with anime as any nerd does in the nineties, but not an anime and manga person. So I knew of this only like later as like, like the aesthetic book about the girls who are in love. Um, how deep that went was like anyone's guess. Um, and it really only came back on my radar when uh, I have a podcast called Your Uncle's Beach House where our patrons make us watch stuff. And a couple years back, we watched Paradise Kiss. And I fucking love that anime. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh, I uh, I should really actually read uh, Ayazawa manga. And I haven't done that yet. But you um, came into my <laughs> life recently and... Um, if my friends are really passionate about stuff, I always, I typically eventually try out one of the things they're really, really into. And you were just all in on Nana. And like I said, I just finished Berserk. And I was like looking for a new thing. And I was like, I've always meant to read this. And so I kind of knew like the basic structure. I knew it went on hiatus and was never coming back. Um, and I knew that it was like a very popular, like early queer book. But to me, that, that that almost implied that it was going to be about like, they never actually get together. It's just like, you know, you know, you look, you look at early texts and that's always the vibe. Right. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have my hopes up, 
the the part I didn't recognize, like I wasn't actually ready for, was that this is actually just a book about like the world's most toxic compulsory heterosexuality. <laughs> yeah, um, serially. <laughs> yeah, like you're you're also currently watching through Ray Earth, which is like an early queer thing where it's like these girls are functionally in a polycule, and yet that's like. And there's stuff that is like pointing at that that they will say, but it it's never yes. like but stated out. Also, all, also, I've hit season two where now Hikaru has a love interest and uh, Umi has uh, the fucking um, Ascot glow up happened, and now suddenly he's got a crush on her, and I'm like, oh god, okay, you're just gonna pair off all the girls about any of this. It was fine when it was only Fu, but now it's all three of them. Um, I am excited for you to see like the trajectory of the the Umi Ascot stuff because, um, it's just one of my like favorite, like things that happen in that is how it all plays out. <laughs> The thing about Clamp books is that Clamp can make heterosexuality feel queer mm -hmm. because they're just galaxy brained about fucking everything they've touched. Yeah, at the very end of the the manga version, um, because I don't know if you've met Eagle Vision yet, um, but he's another guy no. who Hikaru ends up uh, also kind of having feelings for, although it's portrayed differently in the manga. Uh, but there's a part at the end where um, Lantis is like, how do you express love in your world? And she's like, well, I guess you marry someone. I was like, oh, well, who would you want to marry? And like, well, you and Eagle Vision and like Umi and Fu. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, Clamp. Clamp's yeah. happening. I love it when Clamp happens. Uh, yeah, I just finished reading Cardcaptor Sakura, which is uh, ultimately a book about how uh, heterosexuality will always win at the end of the day. But it's just done in the most galaxy brain way. Or I just can't help but enjoy it. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I think um, one of the things that like, especially reading through it this time, um, mm -hmm. and having like a certain impression in my head and then reading it is, is how often explicitly it just talks about like the possibility that they could be dating, but they are like still never able to, to like bridge that gap. It seems, um, yeah, this, this has like the vibes of like really early, like, like shoujo eye or shonen eye where you're like this is just the grand tragedy of love that cannot be but it's in a, like a, the modern context of just like bands and paparazzi and it just is like a little disorienting but i i find that kind of charming about it yeah um, um it feels it feels old-fashioned and and it, i mean it's an old book at this point but like there's just something about it that feels like kind of traditional about its narrative in a way that i i find uh you know, like, even though I spent a large portion of the middle of this book being very annoyed at a lot of things happening, <laughs> uh, ultimately, like, it, it's, uh, it's charming. Yeah. Um, well, that's one of the things I find weird about it, too, is because it is, like, you know, Yazawa, I, like, um, had some sort of health thing that, like, the details haven't been released. She's, she's extremely, like, private about her personal life, um, to the extent that I've only ever found, like, four photos of her online. Um, but there was somehow a thing, and she hasn't been able to, to complete it, and so it also puts it in this weird space where, um, I feel like if we had a canon ending, it would be, it would either finally do the thing of, like, yes, we went through all of this process, like we get throughout the end of the manga. I mean, it starts early on, but like it becomes clearer what the the narration stuff is of like Hachi being like, I'm trying to find you, Nana. Like I'm getting a divorce with my abusive boyfriend, Takumi. Um, all of this stuff. Um, or I guess abusive husband at that point. 
Um, and you could see how that could end up with being like, we are like finally able to just admit that we want to be together. Uh, I could see how you mm. could write in a like final, like canon queer ending to it. Um, mm. or it could just never happen. And then it's just like the ultimate piece of, of queer baiting that is like, <laughs> you know, at this point, I, like I genuinely think that's where it would go if it kept going. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't even mean that necessarily negatively. This is a story about people who cannot choose their own happiness. Like yeah. fundamentally. Um, yeah, that's one of the things as I was thinking about it that um, I found interesting too is that early on, uh, there's a part where Nana and Hachi both like state their dreams and goals when they're doing the um, like writing on the fortunes, um, mm-hmm. and like Nana wants like to become a huge star, and Hachi's like, I want a boyfriend and like a husband basically, um, and both of them like monkey paw curls. <laughs> Um, but it is like so much of it, I think is, I enjoy it because it it feels like an actual coming of age story and the way that so much stuff that's centered on like teens and high school just never can in the same way to me. Um, and maybe some of this is like my own childhood. By the time I was in high school, I was already like fairly neglected as a kid and was like starting to teach myself how to do a lot of things to, to a degree where I identify with Nana being like, Hey, I was like an orphan at, at 16 or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. and kind of had to fend for myself. Um, but it is still in that like early twenties period where you actually have to figure out how to like really, truly be an adult. Um, and what's also good about it is that early on, I really saw myself in the, like, you've been doing this because you kind of like your family circumstances forced you into this. Um, and so Nana Mm. seems to be like super together, um, have things like it is just far more like Hachi's just so like doesn't seem to fully understand like how do you get and keep a job like just keeps looking into jobs um and is like confused about the stuff of like turning on various utilities when you first rent an apartment and things um she's just so much like jumping into this from just living at home um, and Nana just seems more mature, but then how that becomes this double bind of as things like continue to progress, um, everyone was looking at you as the mature one. And then suddenly you just like break and you're like, no, I actually wasn't able to develop a bunch of life skills because I had to do this other stuff. Um, like as it goes on, Nana becomes more and more just like really struggling with everything that's going on, um, beyond just fame, which, I sometimes like Yuzawa. I just blew up. Uh, I mean, her mm. her works were like mildly popular, but Nana is you know probably the highest selling or one of the highest selling like Jose manga ever. Had like crossover into the shoujo success as well. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a certain amount too where it's like, yeah, she was also probably extremely dealing with like a growing level of fame that um, especially as someone who seems very private was probably intense. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I guess I was always uh, like I, when you were reading it, cause I know that you enjoy um, lots of parts of season two of twin peaks, but I haven't like heard yes. you talk about those reasons. And <laughs> as Nana goes on, it just becomes soap opera. Um, 
Yes. And I I was like always wondering exactly how you you would receive that. <laughs> um my thing with Nana's uh interpersonal drama is I just fundamentally don't think that like the band in ascendancy story is interesting. Um that's just like a taste thing. Yeah. Um I don't like the ways in which these characters all like just put on airs around each other about like, we're famous now. We don't know how to handle that. And like, it just, that kind of story always feels very performative to me. Cause it's like, you're all in this together. You've been friends forever. You could just sit down and talk about it. And they don't. And I understand that everyone in here is like 20 and no one at 20 knows how to talk about fucking anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's just the true fact yeah. of the world. Um, but, um, the book, uh, because like it's it 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 doesn't feel like a book about twenty year olds to me, and like when it's about the band stuff, because yeah. it just like it goes from oh I'm I moved here to start a band and I don't know we're doing some like early gigs and it just skips to like national tabloid news is following them now and I'm like wait a second I feel like this just ha like this just like came out of nowhere and I know that's kind of the point right yeah um but it just kind of lost me through that stuff. Um, when it ends up being about Hachi living in like her kept woman apartment that no one can get to because the, the guy at the like, you know, reception desk security guard won't let anyone in, but she's kind of like just settled into homemaking and is like, doesn't realize that everyone's like worried about her. I think that stuff's like, fascinating. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mostly really like that stuff. Um, it's just like, there's a whole bit where like in the middle of the comic, it introduces a bunch of paparazzi characters to start driving the plot forward because no one's doing anything. <laughs> And um, they only exist to make everyone miserable in a new novel way. Because everyone's already miserable in their own, like, very static way. So they just, like, drift like this forever. Um, but we need a catalyst to set everything on fire. And um, I find that stuff, like, just, like, I just didn't vibe with it at all. Um, and partially that's because, like, because this is a book that never got finished and was just ongoing, there's not a whole lot of resolution to anyone's stuff. Like yeah. it all kind of ends in, in the messiest place it's ever been in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, um, although like the ending of, if there was a volume that I was going to end it on of like the ones leading up to 21, that is the one that mm -hmm. makes the most sense to me still. Um, mm hmm. But also, like, well, yeah. it's it's just an absolute bombshell and it ends. But I think that's part of why it works. Um, it's really interesting because um, I, I like I like I said I was back and forth and there's parts I liked and parts I didn't. I was like I really missed them in the apartment. That was the thing. That, like I just liked that comic. I would have read like a hundred chapters of that comic easy. Yeah. Um, uh, it just never spends a lot of time there. This is this is a thing that I find true of a lot of comics is I really like the first status quo that like launched the comic. But then by the time the comic's blown up, it's already moved to like two different other status quos. And I'm like, I just wish we could go back to the thing I liked. Um, I found this across a lot of sh like books that have blown up that I like. I've always liked one of the early arcs that is already done by the time the thing takes off. Um, but this one in particular, despite everything, once... Uh, volume 21 happens i think that is genuinely just a fucking incredible piece of fiction yeah um it's really good it's really affecting um it's handled with like a gravitas that doesn't feel overwrought despite it being like the most dramatic thing that happens in the book yeah um uh and then the thing i the thing i really like is um i you also went and read the chapters afterwards right mm-hmm 
um, that I haven't. They were like bad scanlations. I don't know if there are better ones out there, but um, yeah, yeah, no, I I read I read the same ones you did, (laughs) and twenty one ends with like Ren's death, and it's really dramatic, and it's like it is. it is the, the a very dramatic conclusion because there's no more book. But then the next chapters are just Nana kind of like starting to get over it sometimes, sometimes performatively and sometimes really. And like the everything loosens up from this climax and goes on. And that in itself, I think, is like a really remarkable ending, If even if there's no more. Because like that's the thing that happens when your life blows up is... Once it's done blowing up, you still get up the next day and you're like, I need breakfast and I got to go do something. Yeah. Um, And that's that's like a remarkable thing that these stories, because they're often very heightened and soap opery, don't really get into. Um, And Nana in particular just moves like there's so many characters with problems that overlap with each other often doesn't have the time for this is what I was doing after my thing fucked up and I was just left to my own devices for a while. Yeah. Um, and I like that it was uh, opening up into that space uh, because that was the main thrust of the plot. I think that stuff was remarkable. I really like those last couple chapters, even though nothing happens, doesn't go anywhere. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a part of why it works so well for me, too, is that um, there's so much of the novel that is this like you're looking. It is the characters looking back on the past um, and it it starts out i feel like alternating more between nana and hachi being like narrating some scenes looking back on it um and mm. then towards the end it becomes increasingly hachi as like they're bringing in more of this like nana's missing um and that ending brings in this like okay like ren crashes and dies um one this like begins to introduce how you can see um how Nani gets to a point where she is just like completely running away from everything. Um, we're not going to see it yet, but like, because the, the manga doesn't exist, but, um, you can start to like both see how that happens. And then also it brings in the, like one of the, the, uh, paparazzi has this like, um, feeling of guilt because they were like chasing his car when the, the crash happened. Um, And Mm. so is like looking into where Nana is and then seems to be telling the the newspaper that he works for of like, yeah, I can't find her. And then giving Hachi like, here are photos of her. Um, Here's like some of the evidence I found Um, in this way that like points towards so much of what the 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 strength of most of the manga for me is um, like my favorite part is when they're just together. But I think it's. It often mm-hmm. plays well off of it is aware that that is what you want, that like your favorite time was when they were just together and that's their favorite time. Uh, they keep wishing that they were just like back in the apartment together, but like not being able to to rearrange their lives where that feels possible again. Um, yeah. And it ends with like this final thing that makes that feel possible in some way, um, while also mm-hmm. like because of the fact that we have this whole flash forward thing making you fully aware that that's going to take a lot of time and work. Um, and like things are just going to get worse again. <laughs> you know, I, I actually really like the flash forward stuff in part because everyone is focused on the, the things that they, that their characters were about in the present narrative. Yeah. Um, but they couldn't like a lot of the present narrative is I wish my life was like this, but then 7,000 things happen and I, I can't hold on to it. And so I lose sight of that. And then like just drama happens and the flash forwards by being the framing device and being these characters older and, you know, um, Hachi has, has a kid and Possib- like, possibly too. Give- yeah. It's given the space to be 
the, the version of these characters that actually care about the things that I, the reader, also cared about, like, deeply as, like, the thing the book's about. And so those things aligned make me excited for those characters. You don't get a lot of them, but I do, every time they went to them, I'm like, oh, these are, like, the older, wiser characters that are, like, on point about what matters here. Yeah. Um, Hachi is, like, getting a divorce and everything. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, this is the latest form that my, my like, obsession has taken is I've just been watching uh, Nana TikToks, and my favorite are all the, like, uh, anti-Takumi ones. <laughs> but... Um, uh, Takumi is, like, an interesting dirtbag guy, because I think the book gives a lot of space to give you the like every justification you need to like, if you want to excuse this guy, there's so much runway for you to do that. Yeah. Um, but ultimately he just chooses to be a, a controlling asshole at every turn. There's no actual excusing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I don't think, the, I think the book is very clear that he is a bad guy, but it's willing to give both Hachi and everyone around and all of his friends and the reader enough rope to like hang themselves with in terms of talking about him. Yeah. Well, and I also think it it works for me too because so often um I don't know, like I'm speaking as someone who survived an abusive relationship and there mm. are all sorts of things that like you can use to justify it to yourself when you're in that where um mm-hmm. I could I could so easily see how like Hachi is is not seeing the actual levels of the abuse. And some of it is that like the, the manga can take more of an uh, omniscient perspective where we're seeing stuff that she's not seeing. Um, But we still, we see the ways that like he does express affection to her in ways that like she would respond Mm -hmm. to, but then like further the Stockholm syndrome that she has basically. Um, Yeah. But it's like one of the most like Frank and honest depictions of like, and this relationship is like, I mean, I'm not going to say more abusive, but uh, he has, like, stronger control over her than the relationship I was in. But, um, like, it's one of the the most frank ones where, like, this feels like a very, very genuine um, representation of how that stuff works just because of how much uh, it's, like, willing to explore all the ways that you can make excuses or you can find, like reasons why oh maybe he's not such a bad guy or whatever um Mm. because that's just like how so much of this works and then also seeing like yeah like he he's put her in this situation where anyone comes to visit her gets this door guy who's like turn everyone away because they're celebrities but then there's still you can easily see the excuse of like well we can't have like paparazzi or like fans or whatever coming here um so like some of so much of that like ends up um working in this portrayal for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I think overall, like, you know, one of my, my other things that I find really fascinating is I fucking hate Shoji. He's a, he's a terrible guy. Um, I think the show also, and the, the manga, uh, but the show does this as well. Cause they adapt very literally. Um, like really shows how he is still being like neglected by Hachi. Like, in that the part of their their breakdown like she is like repeatedly choosing to spend time with nana instead of him um because Mm -hmm. she has whatever um sublimated like queer feelings for nana or whatever is going on um in a way where it never fully excuses that shoji decides to like fully take it to sleeping with uh sachiko um Mm -hmm. but still like provides enough where um you can still kind of see how he like, here's someone who's actually spending time with me in the way that like my girlfriend isn't. Um, yeah. 
And I love the part where where uh after the like breakup and everything, Junko comes and is like, okay, here's like the the laundry list of ways that you also fucked up. <laughs> um and yeah. I'm not taking sides here, I'm just saying like also use this as a learning experience, basically. Um Junko's one of the, the ways in which Shoji best. is like a fuck he's a fuck up and bad boyfriend are just so much more normal than uh Takumi's. Right? Yeah. Like um, um Yeah, he's just like He's just extremely like nice guy vibes who who like isn't really thinking that deeply about this stuff and is kind of just being mm-hmm. careless with it. Um, yeah. Whereas Takumi is repeatedly set up to be like really just trying to manipulate everyone in his life to. Um, yeah, he's he's someone who's like the the it gives all the reasons why he's a controlling personality, but like he is a desperate. The only way he knows how to love something is to like control it utterly. Yeah. Um. um and if he can't do that, he'll just like push it away. Like the way he like deals with Rera is all really interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's like any other specific detail stuff to get into. Um, I really like Yasu, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I know you don't. No, I like Yasu. Um, okay, because when we talked about it, you're like he's a coward, and you're right. But I no, like him. Uh, a yeah, lot. I like him, but he is a coward. Um, <laughs> he is a coward. That is true. I just, I like always want to be what I. One of the other, th- other things I like about this is that I don't feel like there is anyone who's like, um, like everyone has their flaws and faults. Um, and being a yeah. coward is like, in the grand scheme of all the flaws and faults that exist in Nana, uh, is like a pretty mild yeah. one. It makes you a pretty great person. Uh, but he is just a coward. He just, uh, is like unwilling to do anything to, um, both like try to get anything that he would want, but also to like try to actually enact as more meaningful change for other people. Um, mm-hmm. He's so like go with the flow. Um, there was, I think I, I posted one, but I found another and didn't post it of the, like um, that McDonald's meme of like the kids in the car screaming McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's. Um, mm-hmm. and I liked the first one in general, the placement, but they did put Yasu with the, like, we have food at home. The second one, I really agree with the Yasu placement, which is they put it in the middle and it's, is d- does what everyone else is doing. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Yasu is a great character. Um, I just, I just appreciate a guy who is is willing to settle for just being the the rock everyone relies upon um because relatable mental problems uh you just are willing it's like maybe i won't ever get the things i want but if i can just help everyone achieve the things they want and they appreciate me for being the thing the person they always turn to isn't that enough and the answer is fucking no it's not um but uh it takes a long road to understand that sometimes (laughs) Uh, meanwhile, this is why my favorite character is Nana, because also relatable mental problems of like, ah, uh, yeah, attachment and abandonment issues where, um, in general, you're like pretty good and gruff, but sometimes you get like weird and desperate when you feel lonely. Uh, I understand this. Mm. <laughs> um, cause that is one of the other things I think is interesting is that, um, in general, Nana seems to be like, 
if you were to have like a pairing that has been clearly set up by the manga for Hachi, Nana seems to be the healthiest one. Um, but she does also mm-hmm. have a little bit of a controlling streak when she's like, Nobu, you need to get to together with Hachi because then she'll be back in my life. Um, and it's like, just admit that <laughs> yeah, you're the, gay. The, it's just <laughs> the end, the end of the, that chapter where she's like, no, I, if you are with her, then she'll never be able to escape my orbit is like the fucking most evil baller shit in the world. I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but she's just like, um, sometimes you're just 20 in a, the worst version of yeah. yourself. That's all. That's all. Um, what's great about it too, is that, uh, I don't know, like, she's, of all the the people in the manga, she's the person who's the most immediately, like, no, like, fuck Takumi, get away from him. Uh, He sucks, and she's right, but also she's so much motivated by, like, he is someone from this other band that's my rival band that was going to take you away from me, and that's why I don't like him. Um, In this way where uh, she's right, but for the wrong reasons, and I think that's great about it. Um. Truly so much of uh, this, it's like the the meme of the really tall, huge book, and then the very small book. And the first one is just Nana, mm. and then the second one is Nana if they mi- admit that they're gay for each other. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> just solve so much of this. Um, one of the other ones that, uh, one of the other characters is Shin, who... Um, has obvious, has the most like, you know, problematic storyline. Um, and also I'm just desperate for anybody to like, take care of this kid. Um, God, the way in which, uh, Nana in particular, like everyone else is like, oh, he's like, you know, the, the, the kid we got to watch out for. And then Nana goes, no, we, we can be the cool adults about this. Like, he's probably running away from something. It's fine. It, we'll just, we'll just perform, be, be normal around him, treat him normal, and he'll just rise to the occasion. I'm like, he's a child. And no, you can't, because you can't even be adults for yourselves, much less someone else. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the moments where, um, like, I saw my, I saw a younger version of myself extremely in Nana, where um, mm. I definitely, when I was around that age, like 20 or so, uh, had that, mm-hmm. like, relationship where with younger friends where they'd be like oh like stuff's rough at home and i'd be like, I'd be like yeah parents suck like <laughs> like i mm-hmm. i don't have like the space to help you because i'm just like yeah i dealt with this i don't i don't know what to tell you i'm like still dealing with the consequences of this but not in a way where i can say it that way um where what instead i'm saying is just like oh yeah i understand that parents suck um without any like foresight to help um, but part of growing up is realizing that you need to help Shin, which, um, mm-hmm. Hachi's the, the one who like really finally starts trying to do that at the end. Um, but also some of it feels a little too late. Yes. <laughs> um, the two characters that are kind of incidental, but I ended up really like both liking and inve- like seeing myself in is, uh, Miu and Yuri. Yeah. Um, who are just in the, like agency apartment building that they all get shuffled into eventually um who uh are uh two actresses uh yuri's like in a porn contract she can't get out of and really wants to and me is just doing like acting right yeah just like it seems like very um small roles you know has not had like any sort of breakthrough 
Um, yeah, but so, so much of non is about these characters who kind of all came here together and are just in this like inertia of these are the friends I had in school and we're all this big dysfunctional family. And you, you meet these two women who are both different versions of like, I had to figure this out for myself. I've been alone for many years and I'm self-sufficient, but in ways that make me like like difficult to be around and fragile in different ways. Like the, they react very different. Like they're, they're introduced almost as like a pair, but they interact in very opposite ways to the situations they find themselves in. But I find them both very relatable as someone who like my stuff was always around, like I'm uh, doing this on my own or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think that stuff is, is all really good um, because they never do get like fully roped into the inertia of like the big band family. Um, they're always kind of standing on the outside of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I have like connections with only a few characters, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of that stuff is, is there. There's definitely like a, a part in the, um, in the volumes where like, it's really good. Then I'm like, okay, this has just become her like forever manga. Uh, where she just like has mm. to keep writing it forever. Um, and it like, there's still really great moments, but I feel like that's where you get the most, um, there's stuff that sometimes just like feels weird and forced. Like you talked about how rapidly they rise to like, Oh, we're just stars now because that's just like what the next status quo is going to be. Um, mm-hmm. and, there, there's definitely like a certain amount of um there's someone that i was i was just thinking of that felt like such a um i don't know like it, it felt like such a shoehorned moment um but because i i feel like often there are moments where um like a thing that i often talk about because it happens fairly early on is like the way that like strawberries and the glass get incorporated in ways that um are, are powerful, but also feel enough like just the way that like coincidence and happenstance will happen in life where you'll be like, oh, this feels like a coincidence, like how strange, but not in a way that like really jumps out at you as like, this is just complete narrative trickery. Um, but like mm-hmm. the strawberries being in the on the cake when um, Nana and Ren first start dating, Nana having this reaction, seeing the strawberries while they're going around shopping and like she's having to confront her remaining feelings for Ren and being like about a cups of strawberries and the Hachi being all upset about it um, and being like, no, get it. You want it. Like, it's fine. Um, and then that going into like them breaking and everything around that uh, is this thing where like that little simple thing can become a, a powerful image that recurs throughout. Um and that like can carry that meaning, but in a way that doesn't feel super forced to me. Uh, but there's definitely some in that middle section where things just like feel really uh, intentionally forced. And then there's this part towards the end mm-hmm. where I feel like she um, is beginning to like find a, a new rhythm for it. Some of those last volumes are really good and, and 21 in particular. Um, mm-hmm. But in a way where I'm like, sad that she didn't get able she wasn't able to continue to write it even though i also think this feels like a good fitting ending um Mm. if it is not going to continue which um i don't know the i there's a weird if it did it would be weird (laughs) if it did there's a small part of me because there's this big um 
exhibition that's happening in Japan this year. Um, that's going to include like some new works from her and things. And, uh, I feel like if there's going to be an announcement, it might be around that. Um, but I'm also not super hopeful for like, I feel like even if it comes back, it would be like, yeah, I'm just going to try and wrap up the story. Not like it's just back, but, um, even that would feel weird at this point. Um, but yeah, strange things <laughs> happen. This is the era of anime revivals. It is. Um, that is one thing, uh, I have not finished the anime yet, but I have seen some of the scenes and I feel like they do more to bring in some of the flash forward stuff and things. Um, but both, uh, Nana to the live action movie and then the anime basically end with the, um, the fireworks sequence. Um, okay. And like the, that chapter with like the, the first real flash forward, um, as well, where like they go to see the fireworks again at the the old apartment and are watching through the window, and Nana's not there, and you're like aware of Nana's absence. Um, uh-huh. And it seems like the anime ends far more similar to how that ends in the the manga. I think they bring in a little bit more. I haven't actually gotten to the episode uh-huh. yet, um, just to try and give it a little bit more of a like concrete feeling. But there's a strong feeling mm. that like there's supposed to be another season to the anime. Um, the movie like knows they're probably like, maybe they'll make another movie, but they have to end it here. Um, and so in order to give it a sense of conclusion, they have, uh, this part where like Nana just is like accepting of like, oh yeah, you're just with Takumi now. Like there's this moment of accepting and them coming back together and like being friends again, um, in a way that just feels like a lot of Nana too, um, the the acting and like the costuming and everything felt better than the first live action but then that put such a sour taste in my mouth because i just watched an entire movie with like takumi being the beginning of his abusive self to to hachi and then it ends with nada being like no like i'm glad that you've achieved your dream and like trying to just shoehorn in a a happy ending and i'm like this is so (laughs) you can't do this um it was wild um but yeah, I guess we do have emails. I feel like we're wrapping up oh, on okay. some conversation. Well, we have one email. It's from Shuo. I sent this okay. to you way back when we were originally thinking about recording. Oh, I don't remember this at all. Yeah. So it will be a fun adventure. <laughs> um, so the first one, which character has the coolest looks in Nana? Um, oh. Um, <laughs> so this is the part where I just have to reveal that, like, I just don't care about, like, fashion or aesthetics or history or anything yeah um which is just a a a fact about me unfortunately um it's fine it's not a problem but that means that um the the fashion i care about is like i really like uh uh what's her name junko that's her name right yeah yeah her friend i like junko's whole like just like bohemian chic thing and i really like uh when my shows up and is just full on like lolita fashion i'm like damn that's the shit <laughs> every time there's like the the omake at the end and and george from paradise kiss shows up i'm like fuck i should be reading paradise kiss that's the one that aesthetically is like laser focused on things i think are cool yeah um me having been a punk in high school and that's when i started dating emily 
um, who's my wife now, and she was really into Visual Kai and like EGL um, and like what was happening on Harajuku Street back mm-hmm. in like, you know, 2005 or whatever. Uh, yeah. All of the fashion in here like is great for me, but also just feels like high school to me. Um, in a, mm-hmm. in a way that like for something that is so much about, um, coming of age stuff really worked. Um, mm-hmm. but so I think my favorite, my favorite, like coolest looks is, is Osaki Nana. Um, also Shin has some good looks, uh, throughout it as well, but some of that stuff gets weird. <laughs> Um, the other thing about the fashion and just like the the book itself, and this is part of its charm, I think, is it feels so achingly of the early aughts. Yeah. Not only fashion-wise, but like the the paparazzi are around, but it's like it's like the 90s we killed Princess Diana paparazzi. Like the culture of fandom and access to celebrities and like changes literally year like just a couple years after these books come out. Um, yeah. the internet happens to the world and none of the like this book has like an official fan club with a president and it's not like a p- someone on Twitter, you know, yeah. like it just feels so ancient in that way. Oh um, well, yeah. And it, and that there, it, it adds to the, like the weird period feeling to all. Yeah. Well, and it like, cause the, the manga started in uh, May, 2000. And I think like mm-hmm. volume two is a, a little bit after that, but like most of it is set in like 2000, 2001. Um, yeah. Everyone's texting each other yeah. on like flip phones. <laughs> yeah. Sending emails. Yeah. Um it's and like there's even the thing of like Nana doesn't have a f- a cell phone which yeah. um is still a little bit of a marker of her like having this certain disconnected uh like approach and personality. Um this like yeah. but not in a way that like now it just makes no sense. There's like you yeah. know, that person might have a shitty phone, but they still have a phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That was the one that I was thinking of that felt uh, somewhat contrived is they need to to have it where uh, Hachi cannot contact Nana when Nana's or Nana can't contact Hachi when Hachi's in the apartment, um, her like kept life. Mm. Um, and so they have the part where she like after she breaks the, the glasses and stuff like in a daze uh, destroys her phone in the sink. Um, and it's just like, you just had to get rid of the phone. Cause otherwise you can't, <laughs> you can't explain why, like she can't just the, text the her. horror movie logic yeah. of Nana. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know so much of the fashion in this is just in, in a way too, where, uh, cause again, I've been watching a lot of TikToks of people who are like in their teens and twenties reading Nana and obsessing over it. Um, and I just laugh mm-hmm. every single time there's one where it's like my Nana inspired look. And I'm just like, Oh, that's just like the dress that Emily wore to prom. <laughs> like My friends just dressed like this. Um, but yeah, cause so much of it just feels like a, a aesthetic from like when I was in high school. Um, that is just now to these people like Nana is funny to me. Um, Mm-hmm. anyway it's a long time ago and uh, like our culture is not producing nostalgia for the early aughts mm-hmm. we're just not like yeah and also even when when we do i don't know how much of it is going to like specifically tap into the the oh, subsection yeah, no, sure. of early aughts that was like you know teens who are reading manga and watching anime 
um, yeah. and like yeah. reading uh, entirely in Japanese language, like EGL magazines that you're importing because that was also the beginning. I feel like with the internet of a lot of us, like figuring out how to import stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I was importing game soundtracks <laughs> in, the, in the early aughts. Yeah. My first, the first thing I ever imported was the soundtrack to Chrono Cross. Um, yeah. Mine was uh, the killer seven soundtrack. I also imported a lot of Icelandic CDs, but that's a completely different, um, part of my, my the culture that i was involved in as a teen <laughs> um yeah question number two this is the the funniest one to me of um uh i'm trying to there's like a, a word missing here and i'm trying to fill it in before i read this um how do you think about Takumi as a character when placed in conversation with other shoujo shitty boyfriends and toga uh, the part that's funny here is and Toga. <laughs> Toga Toga is a beautiful boy. He's a king. There's nothing wrong with Toga. He's fine. I can fix him. Um, um, I'm in the. I don't know. I don't know if Joe is like specifically trying to target me with that, but I feel targeted. I haven't really talked about like Utena much, very much, but love Toga. Love him. Um, in our uh, Utena episodes, uh. I think a big thing that we talk about is like Toga as someone who seems to be um, like trying to mirror Akio and like how terrible Akio mm. is, but in a way where he's still in high school and I'm just like, he can, he's like already starting to doubt some of the stuff he can grow and change. Like you, you can fix him. Um, you can't fix mm-hmm. Akio, but you can fix Toga. Um, I don't think you can fix yeah. Takumi. <laughs> I don't think so either. I Takumi, it's weird. Cause like, I'm sympathetic to his, 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 the way in which he is a bad guy. Um, I went through a phase where like, I was just afraid of everything. And the only way you could keep things from leaving is to utterly like hold them in your thrall. Um, it's a really toxic way to live. I think everyone, everyone in this book (laughs) needs therapy. Um, but, um, like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't excuse any of it. It just makes it, it sad that someone who clearly, can do good and that's that's the thing that makes him like really insidious is that often he is doing good for people at the same time he is like increasing his hold over them Mm -hmm. um it's not like he is like just a guy who ruins people's lives Uh, he's he's he is the glue that holds that fucking band together he is helping people when they're in binds he's Um, part of what helps like escalate blast to being like commercial successes (laughs) yes the ways in which he does that are often like with fallout that doesn't need to happen if he was a little more like sensitive to people's needs and whatever but like um i get it why everyone is like in his orbit it just sucks yeah um and, and in that way i think that like i like it because his villainy is mundane right like you, a lot of shoujo bad guys are just monsters mm-hmm. um in ways that are much more like outsized and you look at Takumi and I'm like, man, I, there's times in my life where I could use a Takumi and you don't want one. You don't want one. Yeah. That is a bad wish to have, but I get why this happens in a way that often that is not the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it is interesting too, because like of a lot of even expanding out of shoujo shitty boyfriends, cause I don't, I don't know how I feel about describing Akio as like a boyfriend, but if we go to Utana, like I think Takumi is closer to Akio than someone like Toga. Um, just mm-hmm. in terms of like the amount of control he has over like, not just the relationship, but like th- everybody in the, the manga, um, broadly mm-hmm. speaking, like he's more of an Akio figure, but also in this way that, um, 
it, it is getting into that so much more. Whereas like Akio kind of is just this like big final bad guy. <laughs> um, yeah. And you can see how he's manipulated stuff when you get to the end. But like also, I mean, some of it too is that Utana, he's manipulating a bunch of middle schoolers and high schoolers. Um, and this is just like no actual other adults. Um, many of whom were like his friends in school. Um yeah yeah uh i think i think we've answered that the third one here um this one is just joe up to absolute nonsense um make the fantasy all-star hollywood adaptation of nana directed by hideo kojima and this is the part where i just like can't even process what this is because i oh if it's directed by hideo kojima holy (laughs) shit we can make so many bad choices here (laughs) um let me like pull up list of Nana characters. Um, if we can, if we can do the um, <laughs> the Death Stranding thing and digitally de-age people for this this terrible movie that shouldn't exist, yeah. um, I think I think I want it to be Gina Gershon and Brittany Murphy as the two Nanas. Um, the the thing that's being revealed here is I'm extremely bad at names of actors and actresses. Um. You have a movie podcast. I know, but like my brain just sometimes doesn't process that. If if people want uh, <laughs> a a movie about uh, rock bands and lesbians, people should watch Pray for Rock and Roll, which is probably not very good. Yeah. but I I, I liked it. Uh, it's a Gina Gershon led movie about her and and like a punk band from two thousand three. It's pretty good. That's why I picked. Yeah, her. Um, I just like Brittany Murphy. Rip. Uh, He's going to bring her corpse back and put her in this movie, I guess. <laughs> I mean, they're doing it with other people. He'd do it. That's the thing he'd fucking do. Yeah. It. I mean, Disney's doing it with other people, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, I do know these people. I just have to Google them sometimes. Is this the reveal? Um, I'm just terrible. Part of it is that I'm like literally just extremely bad at uh, any person that I meet. I can remember their face and I can remember their name, but it's very hard for me to connect the two. Um mm. Anyway, um, I feel like we should at least do like the members of Blackstones and Trap Nest. Um, oh, that's so many people. That's I know, so many is. people. Um, who would be a good uh, Nobu? Um, a Nobu's like the guy I care the least about. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Oh, um, um, if we can do the the de aging, I feel like I yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel like Matthew Lillard could pull it off. Oh yeah, that's a good. I was gonna. I was thinking of him for Shin. I'll be perfectly yeah, honest. Yeah, but he with you, he so that works. He out. has this like certain level of um, goofiness and everything he's in, where it's like kind of hard for me to take him mm-hmm. seriously, despite the fact that I often find yeah. he'd be an incredible actor when I actually pay attention to him. Um, he like yes. ha- yeah he. He like rides that line perfectly in a way that uh, I think feels like it it hits Nobu of like someone you should probably take more seriously, but you just kind of don't. Um. Then uh, Shin. The thing is with Shin is that I just want to get whatever um actor they did for Nana Two because whoever they did for Nana Two, um, Kanata Hongo, I guess is his name. Okay. Um, he was uh-huh. just incredible. Just get him back and de-age him. Um, All right. Like, honestly, my favorite, like, in terms of casting for a character, 
Uh, let me see if I can find like just a photo of this and send it to you. Um, he also just like was able to to portray the character really well, um, but also he's apparently a huge gunplug guy. Um, oh, I hate when it sends it as a link. Um, anyway, looking at his, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page. Yeah. Uh, um, just like shockingly accurate to the character to me. Oh yeah, okay. Um, and like played uh played Shin really well too. Um. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Yasu. 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 Uh, Mr. Worldwide. Yasu's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) I think the thing about Yasu is you just need a guy who you're like, you just can't help but love, even regardless of whether you think he sucks or if he's good. He just has a a charm. You're like, damn, this is it. This is the guy. Um, Um, I'm trying to think of like who would work for that. I mean, if we get to if we get to pull digitally DH people and do whatever, um, I think I'm I, maybe it's because I just did iRobot. I'm picking Will Smith. Yeah, that works. That that's makes a sense. guy who feels like he would over sacrifice for the people around him. Yeah, and you're still like, ah, oh, you know, I could fix you. You're you're you mean well by it. It's fine. <laughs> um, Ren. Oof. Um. This is this is like a, I mean, part of it is the fact that it's just like just get Sid vicious somehow. Yes, yeah, no, that's <laughs> like all, that's my feeling. Also, I'm like, vicious. if we could just, yeah, if we could just get Sid vicious here. Yeah. We could do this. It's fine. All right, done. <laughs> um, Rayra, um, I feel like whoever we get for Rayra has to be able to like actually sing. I was about to say this is this is the character that's like an actual just famous singer and whether she can act or not this is like Madonna and Dick Tracy this is your get for this yeah. like this is this is like Billie Eilish in a bad wig or something yeah um I was thinking of like Takumi Takumi's hard yeah <laughs> oh do you have one for Rera oh else? I was just thinking of someone who would be like more of the era. But I don't know. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Just somehow get Courtney Love. I don't know. <laughs> she can't oh like God. really sing in the way that I would want her to for Rayra. No. Though, have you have you seen um, what the fuck is the People versus Larry Flint? She's in that. I've right. I haven't seen that one. Um, I want to say she plays his wife in that. Yeah, she's like just an actor in that. I that was a movie that was just on cable a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. So I, I saw it a bunch. Um, it's a weird fucking movie. Um, but she, she can. She's been in movies. She could act. She's fine. She she could totally do it. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Stevie Nicks. Um, you can get Stevie Nicks to be here. That would work. <laughs> if if God, we're doing anybody. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, Takumi's still hard. I'm like stalling, not wanting to think of Takumi. Um, Naoki's like a nobody just like I forgot that he was a member of Trap Nest until I was looking at this because he comes up so little <laughs> and it's been a yeah. a few weeks Um, you could literally cast anybody to I be think, him <laughs> um, I think my Takumi pick is going to be like Velvet Goldmine era Ian McGregor okay I could see that 
like it's it's like a totally different vibe than that character but that is a charismatic hot guy who would lead people to doom that's that's yeah <laughs> that is the part of his role in that movie too um yeah <laughs> um so he just gets to cast a bunch of random people also i'm always willing to throw in work it's fine just get Brad Pitt for Naoki, just because I feel like you could just have him eating in every scene and it would work for God, Naoki. I, yes. <laughs> I was looking at this cast, I'm like, Brad Pitt doesn't fit anywhere, but I wish I could fit Brad Pitt in. <laughs> but yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. I don't know if there's anybody else we really need to hit. Um, Junko is literally going to be the hardest one to cast, I feel yeah. like. You just need someone with so much charisma. Um. um because every time she shows up, it's like, oh, finally, someone who's, like, calm and okay and, like, normal. <laughs> but then she can't do anything because she's not willing to commit to, like, getting involved in this shit. And I don't blame her. I wouldn't either. But it is, like, grossly irresponsible. Yeah. Um, she's just, like, the completely put together normal friend who occasionally shows up and yeah. is like, I don't know what shit's going on here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, like, I only care about one person here, really. <laughs> Um, yeah. And she's like not texting anymore because she has the hots for Nana or whatever's going on now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know who to, to get for Junko. No, but, um, yeah, I think that's, I think we hit enough of them. Yeah. You know, I'm going to rescue uh, this again, just de-aging. Cause I, I only watch old movies. Um, <laughs> We got to save Janet Jackson from all the Tyler Perry movies. She can act. She could do this role. Yeah. Um, that would be good. Uh, also, it'd be ridiculous every time she goes and hangs out with her, like, calm and together friend, and it's fucking Janet Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still just, like, can't imagine, like, Kojima doing a Nana movie. That's just still extremely no. hard for me to, to like conceive of what that would be um that man does not have interest in romance in a way that like could do any of this i don't think no 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 um it would all just become about what's like, more the... curse kojima's nana or anna's nana oh god <laughs> probably anna's but like <laughs> yeah good I'm I'm more I'm more curious about Kojima's is only because none of this is in his interest set. Yeah. Um. I know what Anna's Nano is. Uh, Nana, Anna's Nana is, and it's miserable. Yeah, it's absolutely miserable. Whereas, like, the most that I can think of in terms of like Kojima's uh like interest set here is just like it gets like weirdly into the like politicking of bands. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. The one thing is that I feel like Kojima would somehow like would understand that Takumi is a, a bad man and yet like have so much appreciation for how he can just orchestrate everything. <laughs> yes. Um, that's it for questions. We only got the one email. That's all right. People should read Nana. If you've listened to this and you're still like, well, I, I learned about it. I don't need to read it now. You should read it. It's really yeah. good. Um, it's, it's incredible how much, I know I've talked about this on other podcasts, but um, there is like a specific taste that I have had for like a while in terms of romance. Um, and mm. I, I reread Nana and I realized that like that taste was formulated sitting in a borders when I was in like undergrad in a way that I just like was not aware of. 
I just didn't mm. have that connection mm. to, um, I like romance where mostly people are really depressed and sitting around talking about their depression. And then occasionally there's just like a very brief sex scene. And then it just goes back to people being extremely depressed. <laughs> um, anyway, shall we, shall we wrap this up? Sure. Um, do you want to promo anything? Sure. Uh, I can just do my normal yeah. plugs. You can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. I do a bunch of podcasts. I have a website called Normal Mapping and normalmapping.com. We do a lot of shows. You should check out your uncle's beach house. We recently did an episode on Mushoku Tensei, which is a not, it's a really fraught isekai show um, where the light novel is like the, probably the progenitor of a lot of the like modern isekai that people really fucking hate, like Shield Hero and, um, redo of healer and a bunch of heinous shit that exists in the world um but we i think we did a pretty good job just like talking about what it is and like the world views it's espousing and the icky weird ways we feel about it i don't know it's really interesting i think um if you listen to this podcast it is always about dealing with anime that can be it turns very interesting and very bad um <laughs> second gig did happen to all yeah. of us um you can uh, you can check that out. Um, I do another show that's about Gundam, but honestly, who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, um, I've listened to every episode of Beach House except for the Bakuna one because at the time that we're recording this, oh, you're yeah, I yeah. we recorded our first the episode on the first eight episodes, um, and okay. next week I'm doing the you know finishing out the series. Um, and this uh, is my first time watching Bakano, and I just I wanted to avoid as many spoilers as possible. Um, yeah, I didn't know anything about it going into it other than I'd seen the OP before. Yeah, um, the first episode is interesting. A little a little peek to listeners of what's coming. Um, one, I was just incredibly sick and was grateful that we had a guest so that Connor and our guest JC could just talk to each other for a while when I just like periodically mm -hmm. zoned out and muted my mic to sneeze a bunch. Um, uh -huh. But also it's like so much of it, so much of it is like disjointed in a way where uh, both of them having seen it and me not having seen any of it and knowing how this ends. Uh, there's a part of me just being like, man, I was just like, wish I knew how this ended. <laughs> um, yeah. But it'll be fun. I think before we record, but after I watch the episodes, I'm going to listen to the beach house just to like have in my head a little bit. Um, okay. But um, in terms of me, you can find me at FoxMomNia on Twitter. Uh, I don't really tweet there very often anymore. I do sometimes tweet on, uh, media of underscore pile when I'm like reading or watching something. Um, I've fallen off of using it a little bit cause I've been incredibly sick and not doing much. Um, mm. and then, uh, you can follow the podcast at Ghost Divers Pod. Um, go to exportaud.io and support the network. If you give a dollar, you get stuff um, a week early. Uh, not this yeah. podcast because it would just make our question bucket no. episodes impossible to do. Um, uh, shows I'm on, like Bag and Book yeah. Club and Gotham City Limits, those all come out early for Patreon. Yeah, and you should give five dollars. <laughs> look, look. The thing is, is that uh, Pop Town Funk is a really fucking good podcast, and it's worth five dollars all on its yeah. own. Period. Um, and you also get, uh, ornate stairwells, which is my movie podcast that was mentioned earlier. Um, and it, Never it's finally it. going again. You've been on it. 
Oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, the, only, the only movie podcast I've ever heard of is Reptile Screenings, ReptileScreenings.com. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... Oh, and also, uh, I'm going to do Pondering Pluton, like, I think it starts uh, August. Um, but that will be okay. a week early for patrons. Um, nice. So, various reasons to support Export Odd Die. Um, I think that's it. We yeah. don't really have a sign off on this podcast. We just say bye. Okay. Well, bye. bye.
Boom, button's hit. All right. Um, I guess I'll start this podcast. Usually I just like bullshit around for a while, but it's your, it's your podcast. You, I'm just going to be here and do whatever. Yeah. Um, still, I know that you, unlike me, you like want to get in and out, do the, do the podcast. Um, I just bullshit for like I mean, a half the hour. longer this goes, the less, uh, I likely I am to watch Gundam Seed tonight. <laughs> so you're honestly saving me for myself. <laughs> I'll still watch it in the morning, but that's different. Yeah. Uh, I did actually watch the, the two episodes coming up. So um, I won't say much other than stuff does happen. So there's at least okay. stuff happening. Is it good stuff? Uh, I don't want to spoil you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I really, at this point, I don't give a shit. <laughs> but uh, fair enough. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> Um, I forgot what's going on with Kiriyamato. To, to be honest, it's the kind where I was like half watching it and I was just like, well, shit's happening. And I like am so unused to this happening when I watch this show that I'm like not fully taking in what's happening. Um, anyway, 